Okay, press record. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, let's get started. Hi, I'm Big. And I am White. And together, we are Big and White. And you're listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. What are we talking about today, White? What's going on? Well, this will be a fun one. Yeah. Because first, we're going to be telling some stories. Yes. We got some stories to tell. We surely do. (laughs) And secondly... We are not alone. No, we are not. We have with us a special friend. Her name is Moon. Welcome back, Moon. Thank you. We had so much fun with you on our last episode where you joined us that we just had to bring you back. Yeah. Like 30 episodes ago. (laughs) I think it really was like 30 episodes. Wow. (laughs) That's weird to think about. I mean, that was in May 2019 that we recorded with you. I think I was a different person then. Was I even born? (laughs) (laughs) Younger millennial over here. Oh, man. Okay. But before we get into all of the fun stories that we're going to tell in this episode, um... Let's talk about our weeks. Yeah. Slash months. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a while. (laughs) So um, we went on a trek. Actually, all three of us went together with a fourth person. And it was, I like, I don't even know what to say about the trek because it was so (laughs) perfect. Like people are like, oh my God, I want to hear all about your trek. And I'm just like, yeah, it was incredible. I feel like I have no stories to tell. There was no like, oh my god, this crazy thing happened. Or like, it was wild. I'm just like, it was perfect in every way. The end. Goodbye. (laughs) We had like the entire Everest region to ourselves. Yeah, it was nuts. Like we only stayed with other people in the same hotel as us one night. One night out of fourteen. Yeah, (laughs) it was crazy. It was, and the weather was perfection. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen a sky that blue? Can we? Nope. Never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. And we, like, kind of went off of the, like, bean track, too. We went up mm-hmm. to this little base camp that, like, our guide didn't even know about. And, like, yeah, it was really fun. It was so cool. Yeah. Highly recommend having the exact experience that we had <laughs> <laughs> with all the factors that went into that experience. So get a time machine, go back about three weeks, yeah. <laughs> get to Nepal somehow, yeah. despite COVID, and you'll have the time of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did meet some people um, who had managed to come into Nepal explicitly mm. for trekking. Right, yeah. But really, other that was like one couple that we met for sure. Mm-hmm. And our friend that came with us. Yeah, that's true. That, that, <laughs> All right. That guy. <laughs> the person we just spent 14 days with. <laughs> but yeah. they've already like lived in Nepal, so they're that's like true. a different that's concept different, in my yeah. mind. That is true. Yeah, what was your experience anyway. of the trick, White? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's like a slightly more like specific reined in experience within the trek that was also recurring throughout the 14 days. Yeah, tell us more. <laughs> yep. So um, this first started when we were two days in and it was pretty dang cold, right? Like we were staying in lodges, but houses here get super cold during the winter because they're not 
insulated. There's not central heating, et cetera. Um, So if it's below freezing, water freezes. You know how that works? (laughs) Science. Boom. Podcast done. Um, But you might also know that in Nepal, we often use water instead of or in addition to toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And... If the water is frozen, <laughs> then that like adds some complications. So, <laughs> so we were a couple days into the trek and it was the morning and it was super cold that night and the water in the bucket had pretty much frozen over, but they like had hacked into it. So there was like chunks of ice. And um, I went to the bathroom as one does in the morning. And, uh, of course, I didn't have any toilet paper because I've been here long enough that I never think about it anymore. And I ended up wiping my butt with a piece of ice. (laughs) A straight piece of ice was all that was available to me. And that was just such like a weirdly cathartic moment, I feel like. Because I was thinking I had just been talking to my mom and she said that they had just... Um, had more shortages of toilet paper where she lives in the U.S. And I was like, I don't understand, like, you know, like, just use water. I'm very passionate about this. And she's like, no, no. (laughs) But but I was, like, cracking up because I had this white ice butt experience. (laughs) And then I went... And told Big, I was like, I can't believe that Americans are having all these issues with shortages of toilet paper. Like they think they're going to die if they don't have TV. I just wiped my butt with a piece of ice. (laughs) Anyway, uh, aren't you guys all inspired to go trekking in December now? (laughs) Ice. It's not just for your drinks. (laughs) Did you recommend that to your mother? Have you tried mm-hmm. ice cubes? I did. I did. She said it sounded fine, actually. I can't remember what she said. I think she said something like, as long as it's not sharp enough to cut you or something like that. <laughs> Which that's fair. That, that is, is fair. fair. That is very fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, well, Moon, do you want to tell us something interesting or funny that happened to you this week? I can tell you my favorite story of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ready. So we were at this, like, nice resort kind of hotel thing with our colleagues, work colleagues. And uh, one of them brought their four-year-old son, and we hiked for, like, seven hours. And uh, he basically dragged his son up a thousand steps. And <laughs> That's very impressive, actually. Yeah, yeah for a four-year-old, yeah. So we get to the restaurant, and he's just, like, so exhausted, right? And so his food comes, and he just got this huge grin on his face when he got this bowl of ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) To accompany his fries. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so (laughs) he, like, sticks out his tongue, like, really far and dips his tongue into the bowl of ketchup. (laughs) And we were all kind of laughing about it. And his dad looks over, and he's like, can you please use a spoon? <laughs> like, I'm not fighting this battle of making you eat real food, but like, son, be civilized about eating your ketchup, please. <laughs> so we have a picture of him eating a bowl of ketchup with a spoon. It's perfect. And it was like a huge spoon, too. Yeah. Like, it barely fit in his mouth. 
such a dad move though, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. fighting it. Whatever. I'll let your mother tell you to eat vegetables. You can just eat oh. ketchup. Oh. You guys hear that? That's Moon, moon pouring fits more in wine. really well to the, <laughs> the essence of this podcast. <laughs> Welcome. There's a reason we're friends, I guess. It's all for the stories. That's it. <laughs> we gotta loosen l- the lip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We sound so um, like we have the most charmed life ever. And we're like, yeah, so we were on a two-week track. And then <laughs> and then we're at this resort, you know, with all of our colleagues. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, this sounds terrible, but I'm, like, so tired of vacation and celebrating. <laughs> like, we had Christmas. We had New Year's. We had checking. We had, <laughs> like, so true. And now we're going to go into quarantine in America. And I'm like, oh, I need work to do. I'm so tired of vacation. <laughs> No more special days, please. <laughs> oh, man. And now everyone hates us. Okay, let's start on our episode, shall we? <laughs> okay, well, um, I know we just told some stories, but you guys ready to tell some more stories? Yes. <laughs> so, we, I was talking with Moon, and she was telling some of the stories that she's going to tell in this episode. And I was like, man, I feel like we need an episode where you can broadcast these to the universe because they're so amazing. <laughs> um, and then I guess White and I will also find something to talk about. Yes. <laughs> but Moon, We are not the stars of this episode. No, though. absolutely not. Ooh. I feel like Moon it's a lot of pressure. somehow has like the most crazy things yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> So just for context, if you guys um, haven't heard the other episode that Moon is in, Moon, maybe you want to tell us like where you're from, how long you've lived in Nepal, like kind of a little bit about yourself. Sure. I grew up in Minnesota in a small rural northern town. Basically Canada, let's be real. <laughs> Basically, yep. And I've been here seven years and I work with Big and White. Seven years, man. That is that's so long. A really long time. <laughs> Every time I say it, I'm like, oh, how did that happen? Oh, that's maybe too long. <laughs> <laughs> did I answer all the questions? Um, I think so. Yeah. So let's just start with the story that really like made me want to invite you back on the podcast. Is <laughs> your yoga ball story? Well, I thought it would be a good idea to bring my yoga ball to the office, but my pump is so squeaky that I didn't want to deflate it and then spend 20 minutes listening to the pump squeak at the office. So I was like, well, I'll just bring it blown up, inflated to the office. So, and obviously the best way to do that is on your bicycle. Obviously. Clearly. So I put the yoga ball on like the side of my head like <laughs> squished it to the side of my head and then i like, i don't even know how i started like balanced on your shoulder yeah right? like, like balanced on my arm. arm like i was holding it in one arm and then <laughs> i don't even know how i started with one hand i have I superpowers like on a cycle try to I take guess. crazy things on your bicycle yeah. so you're like used to it <laughs> Yeah, one time I took a pie, actually. <laughs> That's like story. a waitress, you know, like just cycling along with my pie. 
Oh had just gosh. tin foil on the top. It was glass, dude. Oh my god! Yeah, this is another episode that we need to have. Like, <laughs> Things Moon has carried yeah. on her bicycle. <laughs> but anyway, so I had this giant yoga ball on my head, basically, and I was like cycling down. <laughs> but there's a little hill, <laughs> and so of course everyone's watching me because I have this giant ball. And they're like, like, what, what is this Vanessa foreigner yeah. doing? So, but then when I started going down the hill, like the wind started picking up. <laughs> so the wind caught my ball and then it just starts bouncing down the street. And I was like, oh no, my yoga ball is going to get hit by a car. So I like threw my bike to the side. <laughs> And I just ran, chasing my yoga ball down the hill. And all these people were watching me. It does not feel like something that would happen in, like, a Wes Anderson yes, movie. it does. Did you catch it? I caught the ball, and I got my bicycle, and I actually figured out a better way to carry it on my bicycle. Like, if I put it on my handlebars and, like, uh, tucked it with my chin. Uh-huh. Then I could, you I'm know. sure that got less stairs. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Looked more natural. <laughs> My favorite part of the story is watching White watch Moon tell it. She was like weirdly blank smile like, oh, no. Well, I have a very like vivid imagery of like this whole scene. Like, I know the hill you're talking about. I can picture like everyone just like standing on the sidewalk. But then it kind of got carried away because then I pictured like all the things that could happen. Like somebody coming out from an intersection on their bicycle and like flipping over the, the yoga ball. ball. Just whacking them right in the head. Like that could be so terrible. Like wouldn't that be a bad way to die? Like a yoga ball? The beginning, though, was kind of like an animated movie, you know, because I was like cycling along and everyone was like, wow, look at that big ball. <laughs> I can totally picture the soundtrack to this whole yeah. situation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's good. I don't know if we can follow that up. <laughs> Thank you and story. good night. Okay, so I I know that this story is completely unrelated to a yoga ball, but I really, really want you to tell the story of when we were on survey together and the guy wouldn't let us leave our room. (laughs) Oh, my god! We were, like, hiding in the room. I'll I'll let you take it from here. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, I want to preface this by saying that it was my first field work ever. This is the field work that set the tone for what I thought field work was. So we were in a village. I was exhausted because I had, I was like two days into doing interviews in Nepali for the first time in my life all day long. There was literally a queue of people that we were interviewing. Mm. It was intense. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm exhausted. We're all exhausted. We get to the place that we're going to stay. They decide that they're going to throw us a party with dancing, loudspeakers, etc. A random guy from the village proposed to me. (laughs) Um, Naturally. Like lots of people very happy and very drunk were there. Um, There was one guy in particular, in addition to my (laughs) fiancé, 
to be <laughs> that I remember. Um, in that usually he's very, very quiet. Like he never talks. But then when he gets drunk, he never shuts up. This is what we learned. And this is an important point because when everybody else of the party left to go to sleep, this guy did not leave. <laughs> he did absolutely the opposite <laughs> of leaving, which entailed following us into our bedroom. There's three of us, like us three colleagues who are like so exhausted, ready to go to sleep, followed us in and... <laughs> He, I think he was speaking English, right? So he was he, like trying to speak English. So he was just saying things like, sister, sister, <laughs> sister, sit down, sit down, sister, sit down. <laughs> I'm like, dang, this guy is so freaking drunk and he's still like being so polite and hospitable. <laughs> like, sit down, you sit down. I talk to you, sit down. <laughs> oh um, and uh, Big gave him an actual shove out the door. Yep. Um, that did not stop him. <laughs> Close the door. And, uh, he's just sitting there. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Sister. Sister. Sisters. Sisters. You come outside and sit down. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> and then, like, we were, like, we didn't want to leave the room because, like, we knew he'd follow us, so we all, like, needed to brush our teeth. So yeah, we like, sent our colleague out, like, go check on the drug man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Distracted for us. <laughs> which, of course, he did not successfully do. No. Which was a failure. One track mine. But... The best part of that was that for some reason, still unknown to us to this day, <laughs> the man was also, while knocking on the door, like, he kind of, like, lost his momentum a little bit, but was still, like, knocking, <laughs> you know? And he started just whispering, Chinese. <laughs> Chinese. Sisters. Chinese. <laughs> We did not know what that meant. We don't know if he thought we were Chinese. He wished we were Chinese. He was trying to tell us he was Chinese. Maybe he was delivering Chinese. <laughs> sister, sister, I have your Kung Pao chicken. Yeah, all in all, not the best experience when your bathroom and all your like means of getting ready for bed are outside. Yeah. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of like a language learning session, like how we might sound, like like total physical sit response. Down. Sit, sit down, sit, come. <laughs> he was using all the tools at his disposal. He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Moon. Now that we've yes. heard that delightful story <laughs> from White, um, I really want to hear about your experience once this was many many years ago <laughs> many <Yes>. um <laughs> when i was giving a, a formal presentation and you <laughs> well I'll, I'll let you tell what happened next <laughs> actually this was like a story about you big <laughs> and your like cultural like your arrival at cultural adjustments. That's true. You're right. Yeah. This was like my moment of success. Like <laughs> I know moment. that I am okay with in Nepal now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Big was giving this very formal presentation to like some 
linguists and people from the university and like government officials yeah there was like a government official there it was a very big deal and she was like wearing a suit and the whole deal yes it was very important a whole like year of research wrapped into one presentation yes (laughs) so i came in with more chairs naturally i was trying to be helpful and i accidentally hit the picture on the wall which was made of glass, and it fell on top of the earthquake alarm (laughs) (laughs) and set off the earthquake alarm. And then after setting off the earthquake alarm, it fell and shattered on the floor. So is the earthquake alarm like a fire alarm or like what it does sounds it sound like, like a fire alarm? Yeah, yeah it just like loud screeching. It just kind rings. Of thing. Yeah, high pitched. Mm. <laughs> the worst sound ever. <laughs> but the amazing thing was is that <laughs> she never stopped her presentation. <laughs> she just kept going. And I'm like, didn't skip a beat. <laughs> It's like this alarm in the background. I'm sweeping up glass. <laughs> there aren't enough chairs. And as you'll see on slide four. <laughs> that was amazing. I was like, she's made it. <laughs> How long had you been here? Uh, like two years, I guess. Yeah. So. I think so, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a good day. <laughs> you're, you're welcome for that one. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, boy. So that sounds like big, like a situation in which you really kept your cool. Mm-hmm. Um, can you think of any stories? I have one in particular that maybe you were stressed and didn't exactly keep your cool. Maybe something involving some instant coffee. <laughs> I was like, I can think of a lot. Which one are you going for? <laughs> yes. Um, this story, uh, similarly to White's last story, is also about my first field work. <laughs> so, so you know, of course, like when we moved to Nepal, we live in Kathmandu, right? And like that's overwhelming in itself. Mm-hmm. And you're like learning Nepali and there's so much new stuff to adjust to, right? But then... You go on your first field work, and you're in the village, which is totally different. You're speaking to Polly 24-7. There's, like, so much pressure. It's just, like, really – I can't explain how exhausting it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> I think the first time I went on survey, I probably slept, like, 12 hours every yeah. night. Like, all the way through, just like <laughs> – <laughs> um, So this survey was particularly fast-paced for some reason. I don't remember exactly why, but we, like, did a ton of work in just a couple days, and then we immediately went to the next place and started. And I sat down with someone, and one of the things that we do for work is we sit down with, like, one or a few people, and we take a word list, right? So, like, we ask them the word in Nepali, and they give us the word in their language. So I, like, sit down to do it, and I just suddenly – I think, oh, I know. Also, <laughs> what we had had for breakfast was at 6 a.m., our hostess had woken us up to give us, like, the sugariest tea ever and, like, these <laughs> coconut cookies that were absolutely disgusting and were 80% sugar. And that was all we had eaten, and it was, like, 11 a.m. <laughs> I just, like, suddenly hit this wall of, like, I know, I'm done. I can't function anymore. <laughs> I turned to Moon, and I was like, um, do you want to start this interview for me? And she was like, um, I guess so. And I like got up and I walked around the corner. <laughs> and I was like, 
I started crying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't upset about anything. It was just like my body was so overwhelmed. Yeah. Everything I was doing. Like, <laughs> and then I look up. There's this group of school kids sitting under a tree just looking at me like. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a packet. We bring these like instant coffee packets with us on survey. And I took one out. And they didn't have any water, so I just straight ate the whole instant coffee packet. Which is like, it's strong. strong. Like, put it in, yeah, I don't know, eight ounces, ten ounces of water. Yeah, more than that. It's it's a strong cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I just ate it. Like, swallowed it. Okay. And I went back like, "Mm, thank you, man. Thanks for doing that. Okay. Anyway, how do you say tree in your language? Yes. I knew. I saw your face and I knew. She's she's reached that point. (laughs) Probably everybody that we work with has a story, something like that, where you're just like, I don't know what's going on, but something is. Yeah. It's like you just your body and brain like shut down yeah. it's like logically you're like i should be able to do this and then yeah. physically you're just like no <laughs> i remember giving a colleague like almonds as he was doing the list <laughs> and he looked at it like it was his salvation he was like oh thank you <laughs> keep going you got this man <laughs> oh man that was the time i just took a straight shot of instant coffee powder. yeah Never again. I don't know. I don't know. It could happen again. Yeah, Yeah, let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I have a story that I want to hear from Moon. And it's also about when she first came to Nepal. (laughs) And it's about getting Mm. vaccinated. (laughs) Getting vaccinated. (laughs) This is the weirdest story. (laughs) This is my favorite. I think I was it's just like it cuts real deep because it's like you know when you're new when you first move to a new country and you're just like trying to figure stuff out and like everything seems like wild <laughs> like now things just feel normal to you. you're like I don't know like maybe this is normal I don't know yeah, is this how it's true. supposed to be like you just right. don't know what's normal and what's not right. and with that preface please <laughs> regale us before I came here and I was getting vaccines. Somebody told me that this one vaccine was really expensive. It was like $600. And they were like, oh, you should wait till you get to Nepal to take that one because, you know, it'll be much cheaper. So but the Japanese encephalitis. Yeah, the Japanese one. encephalitis. Which is like a horrible sounding name. I don't yeah. want to get that disease. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I was like, I think, did I look online for a clinic or something? I don't know how I found this clinic. But I I went there and I was like, yeah, I need this vaccine. And the doctor himself came out and he sat me down and he was like, I got to tell you something. This vaccine is very expensive. (laughs) And I was like, that's fine. Like, you know, I have to get it, um, you know, for my work. And he's like, no, it's really expensive. And I was like, well, how much is it? And he was like, it's $10. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to get three. (laughs) 
It's fine. It's fine. Okay. After someone tells you that it's six hundred dollars in the U.S., you're like, yeah. oh, thirty dollars. Yeah. So then I go in, and there's this girl who's giving me the shot, and of course she looks like she's sixteen, <laughs> and she was like, you know, this is a really big needle. <laughs> I was like, okay. She's like, look at it. It's really big. This is really gonna hurt. Oh and I was like, gosh. "Well, that's fine." I, you know, she's like, "No, are you prepared? Because it's gonna hurt a lot." Bedside <laughs> manner is slightly different than what we'd be used to. She's like, "Look at it. It's so big." <laughs> Thank you. This was really so getting me excited. So then she's like, "You gotta lay on your side," and I was like, "Okay." And then she like, you know. Pulls down my pants. And she's poking me in my in the butt. And she's like, where's your spine? Jesus, you're so fat. Where is your spine? And I was like, well, that's my butt. It's uh, the fattiest part of the human, you know, that place where your spine is it. And she had to show me the needle again. Like, After it's already been poking you multiple times? <laughs> After she's been poking me with her, her fingers, you know. <clears throat> oh, I see. So did she give you the shot yeah. in your spine? No, she gave it to me in the butt. <laughs> Are you sure you've even been vaccinated? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Actually, when I think back, the doctor was like, you know, since this vaccine is so expensive, you can get by with just having two. Instead of three. Uh oh. Hmm. <laughs> well, you haven't died yet. I haven't. Yeah, my brain hasn't swelled up. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Wow, this is how it goes in Nepal, getting vaccines." <laughs> yeah, you just like, I guess it's normal. They show you how big the needle is. <laughs> Tell you how fat you are. Right. They don't know human anatomy. <laughs> you know, normal. <laughs> I think the next time I went back, I didn't get it in the butt. I got it in somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> kind of made me question. They're like, like a party game. They're like, where am I gonna poke it today? Well, you know, I got the paper though. Well, that's all. I'm you need. vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> check mark, baby. Oh boy, it's oh, good. Um, that reminded me of a story. Yeah, that I don't know if I've told on the podcast or well, not. Let's hear it. It's the story of a bike accident that I was mm. in. Have I told this story? I can't remember, but can't either. Even but if you have, you should. Tell I want to tell it again because it was a good story. Um. So if you're like, I know this isn't a visual show. You're listening to a, basically a radio program, but if you don't want to hear about blood then maybe skip ahead two skip minutes. ahead two minutes <laughs> um i promise not to post or say anything too horrendously graphic but anyway <laughs> um so i have mountain biked in nepal that used to be like a big hobby of mine um and uh coincidentally one of the last times that i went mountain biking i got in an accident <laughs> this was a very nepali accident <laughs> because i was coming up a trail and this lady 
had a big basket, which is called a doko, on her back. Um, and because all of these foreigners were coming towards her, then she's like, ooh, and she turns to look. And because she turned, then my handlebars caught the edge of her basket, <laughs> which sent me into a spiral off the road. And I thought, oh, this will be fine. Whatever. Um, I'm going into some nice greenery. But no, no, the greenery was actually just covering a cement culvert. Down I go, chin first, as you do. Um, and so I get up very quickly because, you know, how you do when lots of people are watching you. You're yeah. like, everything's well, you, fine. Like the adrenaline. <sighs> yeah, you're just like, I don't have any pain. I must yeah. be fine. <laughs> and, and I was totally fine. But, like, I cut up my chin and the inside of my mouth. And so, you know face stuff bleeds a lot so then i'm standing there and i'm like bleeding 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 and my roommate's with me and she's like <laughs> what's happening i don't think you're fine <laughs> and we're like outside of Kathmandu. we're in the village and so the, all these people stop of course and they're like oh my gosh are you okay let me take you to the hospital it's super close like only a couple minutes drive i'll take you on my motorbike and i'm like but my new bike i have to i can't just leave it and so um, we got into a what i like to call a badeshi parade <laughs> and, um, which was like some nepalis on motorcycles and then we were following them three of us on our bicycles up and it really was like a two minute cycle to the hospital. Anyway. Way to go, just like crashing I right know. by a hospital. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so it was convenient. amazing. Um, and let me tell you, I made every person who worked at that hospital's day. <laughs> <laughs> this like super white girl, blood coming out of her face, and they're like, ooh, things just get interesting. So the like 16, 17 tiny little nurses who had been wishing that they had gotten into accounting because their lives were so boring <laughs> suddenly were so happy that they're nurses. And so the doctor like gets me into the room and he, you know, is starting to like, he's asking me questions and stuff. He's going to stitch up my chin. There are probably like, 12 of the 16 nurses in the room <laughs> vying for a spot to like dab some blood or something like give a needle i don't even know what they were doing and um yeah so i got stitched up it was a little bit traumatizing but it was fine <laughs> um and then after all of this is done and I'm all stitched up, then the one of the guys that I went cycling with forced me to pose with all of the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a picture posing with all these girls in like purple scrubs, you know, yeah. and a lot of them are kind of like, what's happening right now? <laughs> and I'm like, like all like blotchy. I had been crying because, you know, you just reached the end of your tether, right? And so you're just crying. <laughs> this like bloody bandage on my chin, like uh, trying to smile, but I can't smile because it moves my chin. Oh my gosh. And, um, yep. And then I went to that same village for field work a year later, and they remembered me. <laughs> that was really good. You're like, yeah, I don't know, but like, I went to the hospital nearby, and they're like, oh, that was you. <laughs> All because of a doko. I didn't I know. know that. 
I have had multiple basket-related injuries in Nepal. <laughs> like just a couple weeks ago, a basket fell on my head, a different kind of basket. This one was called a dalo, and it landed right on my nose. So the whole time we were going trekking, I had this humongous red scab on my nose. <sighs> it was like really satisfyingly perfectly centered on your nose. Oh, I really liked it. <laughs> Oh, basket-related injury. I'll tell you what. You should stay away from the baskets. <laughs> of woven products Except, in like, the languages that you research, their whole thing is making baskets. Yeah. <laughs> their traditional craft <laughs> haunts me forever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I want to hear a story now from Moon. Um, this one is quite recent, and it haunts my dreams, I will tell you. <laughs> and this is about when you tried to buy some spices. Ah, yes. So, they sell these spices on the road. Like, they put all the spices on a tarp, like, on in piles. And so, I thought that I would be, like, real, you know, like... Super local. local. Yeah, yeah, like a local and buy from the tarp piles. <laughs> tarp <you know>. piles. <laughs> tarp piles. <laughs> and they have this like little cup, like measuring cup and stuff. So I asked this lady, I was like, oh, how much is this spice? And I was feeling kind of cool because I knew what the spice was. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she was like, oh, it's this much. And I was like, okay, I'll take some. So then another like a Nepali lady came by and she was like, um, how much is that? And... And the lady was like, it's really expensive. <laughs> and she was like, yes, how much? She was like, it's very, very expensive. <laughs> and I was standing there with my little plastic bag, like waiting for my spices. And the lady was like, yeah, how much? Like, can you tell me how much? And she was like, expensive. Very, very expensive. <laughs> Get out of here. And then I knew that I was being cheated. Yeah. So then I was so then finally the, the lady just left. Like she wouldn't tell her the price in front of oh me. So then I knew I was being really ripped off. Uh, and then I like I still bought did you the still spice. Buy it? I still bought the spices. Looking mm. back, I shouldn't have bought them. I should have just like yeah. thrown the bag at her and been like, meh. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like later you think of a good comeback. You're right. You know? yeah. <laughs> like I should have shamed her. But instead I like handed her I like thrust the money at her and then I gave her a good glare. <laughs> I, mean, I was like she's like, thanks for the glare, but also thanks for the money. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, like it probably was equal to what she would have gotten anyway because she missed out on a second customer. <laughs> yeah, she probably wanted to buy like half a kilo of spices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she lost. It's very, very expensive. <laughs> I think the reason I like that story so much is like I feel like as a foreigner, I probably get ripped off all the time and I don't know it. Yeah. So it's like it's so satisfying like to yeah. see someone caught in the egg. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey. <laughs> I didn't that's why I didn't say anything. I just gave her a really nasty glare but you know <laughs> what you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry i was just thinking about if we could like 
tally up all the way all the times that we've gotten ripped off. Oh my gosh. How, how many hundreds of hundreds of, of times? Rupees. <laughs> <laughs> of rupees. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe even like five dollars. <laughs> I'll never forget one time we were like near Tom L area, which is like the tourist area, and we were trying to get a taxi back and it was like a holiday or something, I don't remember. And there was all these taxi guys standing there and I was like doing the negotiating, you know, and he gave a price that I thought was like way too high. And I just like got really mad. <laughs> I was like, what? What is this? The white skin tax? Is it because I'm white? Huh? Huh? <laughs> and like they were not insulted at all. They thought it was so funny. They were like, correct. <laughs> they were like, this girl. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they were like laughing so hard. And then finally they were like, yo, it's because it's a holiday. Like we would charge this price to anyone. And I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, was like, I feel like it was such a good reaction because it's like, I don't know, in Nepali culture, you're not supposed to yell. (laughs) Like, even if the other person is in the wrong, if you yell at them, like, kind of lose control, then you're the one who looks like an idiot, not them, even if they're, like, being totally unreasonable. And I have a really hard time with that because sometimes I get a little bit upset and uh, I start yelling. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how do I show that you're in the wrong without me Looking like an Being idiot. In the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like so good because I feel like normally if like I yelled like that or like, you know, kind of like yeah. got mad, the person would like either kind of be awkward, like not know what to do or just be like, wow, you're stupid. But they just like thought it was so funny. <laughs> like this girl, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> or our friend who had just gotten to Nepal and... <laughs> had to take the bus to work every day and like was told by someone it was supposed to be like 20 rupees 10 it was supposed to be she, she thought, thought it was supposed, supposed to be 10, 10 but it was supposed to be 15 oh my gosh so yeah like less than five cents difference <laughs> between what she'd been told anyway and so the like bus conductor comes up and asks her for 15 rupees and she's like no, I know that it's only 10 rupees. I am not giving more than that. And he's like, oh, oh. and eventually but I think she just like gives 15. him 10. And then she finds out after doing this multiple times that it really was 15 rupees. <laughs> so this poor young Nepali guy is like out a lunch because our friend was like, no. I will not be taken advantage of. <laughs> Just because I'm white. <laughs> You're overcharging me five rupees. <sighs> Whenever I have visitors, you know, it's like a trail of white people. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then I'm always like yelling at people because they're trying to give me, especially taxi drivers. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, because they're overcharging me and they'll like, bada, 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 bada. <laughs> and then like my family or whoever's visiting will be like, oh, what happened? And I'll be like, well, they were trying to charge me 50 rupees too much. <laughs> and they're like, just give them 50 rupees. <laughs> I remember once my friend saying that she had some people visiting from the U.S. and they were like kind of bigger people, you know, 
And um, she like went to negotiate with the taxi driver and he like, gave her a kind of expensive price. She's like, that is too much. He was like, your friends are really fat. <laughs> like, looked at them and was like, mm, okay, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> like, I'm really glad they don't understand Nepali because... <laughs> like i just paid more for gas because you're fat (laughs) definitely i've lied about you know like having visitors who are a little bit heavier and then somebody's like saying how fat they are and then my friend yeah like what did they what did they say oh they said you're really nice looking (laughs) and and white and I've definitely lied about I that. I hope your visitors aren't listening. To I know. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Wait a minute. Was that me? <laughs> but just if you guys haven't been listening to the podcast before, in Nepali culture, it's not weird to say someone's fat. Mm-mm. Like in American culture, that is obviously an insult. But in Nepali culture, it's like kind of more of an observation, yeah. if not a compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. And yeah. Nothing more. Yeah. And nothing less. Yes. Definitely. I've been told I'm fat multiple times. And I'm like, what? Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. That's that's when you know you've lived here a while. Yeah. Someone says you're fat and you're like glad that they said it. <laughs> <laughs> I went home and an American told me I was getting chubby. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and you're I didn't like, uh... <laughs> I thought nothing of it. That's so funny. I, I remember my my host mom when I like first moved here. I lived with a Nepali family, and we always spoke in English together, which like made it feel weirder. But anyway, she was like, "Yeah, you're looking kind of skinny," and I was like, "Oh, thank you." And she goes, "Oh, I forgot that was a compliment." <laughs> she was so disappointed. Like, I was trying to tell you, you have a problem, and you're glad. Yeah. <laughs> It's so nice. It's like immersion therapy. Like, it's not like a bad thing to me anymore if someone's like, oh, you've gained weight. That is so true. Yeah, actually, Moon said that to me yesterday. (laughs) We were looking at a picture from like a year ago. She's like, oh, you were so skinny. You look so much better now. (laughs) And I was like, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) I did say that. Seven years is too long, my friend. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> oh, what boy. does it mean? We're in too deep. <laughs> um, okay, well, um, on that note, I think we need to take a little break and hear a word from our sponsor. Are you feeling blue? Prospect of another potentially terrible year got you down? Maybe you're thinking, yeah. I mean, it's kind of bad, but nothing some cat memes won't fix. And that's where you're wrong, my friends. These aren't your Gen X problems anymore. Cat memes can only take us so far. But have no fear. We at Big and White have a solution for you. Have you tried looking at a picture of a yak? Move over, dog videos. There's a new player in town, and his name is Yak. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm too depressed to be wooed by something as simple as a yak. But did you know that it's scientifically impossible to be sad while looking at a yak? Yes. In fact, peer-reviewed studies of us on our trek have found that looking at yaks boosts serotonin levels by 434%. 
Wow, Big, that's crazy. In fact, I've heard that 8 out of 10 dentists recommend looking at photos of yaks. So why not look at a yak today? This ad brought to you by Yak. Disclaimer, results may vary. If your loved one experienced so much joy that you try to hug a yak, this may result in slight mangling of limbs. Please consult a healthcare professional before interacting with live yaks. For best results, just look at pictures on the interwebs. Wow, thanks so much to our sponsor, Yak. Oh my god, I love yaks so much. They're pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even paying us to say that. <laughs> that is true. They don't even know. I did get charged by a yak once and almost die. Actually, Moon was with me, but it was worth it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I like yaks from a good distance. Yeah. Yeah. They're real furry and yeah. real cute. Yeah. But just sometimes they almost kill you, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's That's, all good. Mm, as <laughs> long go. as they almost kill you. They got really big horns. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They're real scary, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but not on the internet. That's right. <laughs> Just look at the photos. <laughs> we'll post lots for you. <laughs> um, okay. What other stories do we have here? Let's see. Okay. I want to hear a story from you, White, mm-hmm. about... Maybe finding an animal in your home that did not belong there. Oh, yeah. There are so many. (laughs) So many I'm thinking like larger than a cockroach. Yeah, that's (laughs) fair. (laughs) So my door doesn't close all the way. You have to like lock it in order to actually get it to close. And one day, lots of people were coming in and out of my house like – my maid was going out, and then the guy came with a new gas canister in and out and in and out. And what I didn't realize that someone else came in too. <laughs> <laughs> so things finally settled down, and I go into my kitchen, and there is a stray cat <laughs> in my kitchen. <laughs> and then when I look at it, it jumps onto the seat at the table and has its paws <laughs> up on the table. I'm not making this up, friends. I will post photo evidence. Oh She's like, hello, White. Yes, it's at lunchtime. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I love cats. Don't get me wrong. But this is a stray cat. And ew, don't give me fleas. <laughs> Please. And so then I, I'm like, also like, don't poop in my house that's all that i ask and so (laughs) then simple request then it ends up but it's like what do you do with a stray cat in your house like you chase it around accidentally so then (laughs) it goes from the kitchen down the hall all the way down to the hall to my bedroom under my bed and i'm like no this isn't the direction that i wanted this story to take (laughs) (laughs) and my roommate's all excited like oh cute like taking photos of it and i'm like don't poop don't poop don't poop (laughs) and um slightly anticlimatically i didn't even see it zip out of my bed somehow like got outside my our balcony door is next to my bedroom door zipped outside we're on the first nepali floor so the second story like ground floor, and then it's us. So it's like not that close to the ground. And this cat, whoo, 
launches itself. <laughs> I didn't see it land though. Like I just like saw it on the ground, like run. I mean, running away. Like totally it was fine. fine. Yeah. I was like, how did you do that? You're super cat. <laughs> and I still see it around sometimes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Never Weird. again. I also had a stray cat in my house. <laughs> but the funny part was, yeah, also, like you, my roommate was very excited about it. <laughs> I, for a while, I have I have a gigantic bedroom. It is so big. It's the biggest room in our house. So for a while, I had a roommate who lived in that room with me. And one day, she woke up, and I'm not a morning person, so I was still sleeping. And not only was there a cat in our house, Somehow, like, did we not close the door at night? I don't know. But the cat was in her bed with her. <laughs> she was, like, all excited. She's like, mm, a pet. I love cats. <laughs> I don't know. I think she, like, got up and it, like, went outside or something. And then she told me about it later. And I was, like, so horrified. Like, this happened while I was in the room? Like, no. <laughs> Cat just like mm, this is worm curls. <laughs> At least yeah. he he knew he chose the person yeah. who wasn't gonna like yeah. freak out and punch him oh in the head. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what I would imagine? do if a stray cat was in my bed. I feel like I would be so disoriented. Like there is a being in my bed that I would one hundred percent do something violent and then regret it. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, cat. <laughs> hmm. I also had a cat climb in my bed. It was like a theme. In fact, it was a sleeping bag. And it was really cold. So I was like, oh, a warm little fluffy ball. Where was this? This was uh, trekking. (laughs) Yeah. And I named the cat. Lukey Lukey, which is like Heidi Heidi or like sneaky sneaky. <laughs> and then the family that we were staying with was like, oh, that's a really good name. Like that's what the cat does. <laughs> oh you didn't get like fleas or anything I, from No, that it wasn't like a city cat, you know? Because mm, yeah. we were in the village. Yeah. Yeah. The it was different. Cats aren't yeah. gross. Yeah, like they totally city different. cats are. That's yeah. Fair. You know, when we first moved into our flat, we had this cat that just had one eye. <laughs> like, always was around, and I was always terrified of it. Like, what kind of life have you lived? You know, like, pirate cat. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, um, I want to hear a story from Moon that's also about an animal hiding somewhere, hmm. but it's a pocket. Pocket. Our friend's pocket. <laughs> when you went. Do the- I know the story? Looking <laughs> <laughs> too cryptic. The, She's the like, bed. I have a lot of stories about friends with animals in their pockets. <laughs> when you went to the bus stop to find your money. Oh, yes. Oh, right. So you, you got to back up and give like all the context. Yeah, so that's a lot of details to this story. <laughs> uh, so... I'm trying to think of where this story begins. It probably <laughs> once upon a time began in Baglum. <laughs> it probably begins with me losing the money and all the accounting for 40 days of of field work. Yes. Yep. 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 All yep. the accounting records <laughs> lost. And I realized this at 11 p.m. when I reached my house. <laughs> 
in the taxi and I was like, I think I left all of that on the bus. <laughs> And it's oh, 11 p.m. And so <laughs> our Nepali colleague, who is like the problem solver, was like, let's go to the bus station. And I was like, well, you can do that? <laughs> it's 11 p.m. And he was like, yeah, let's go now. And I was like, well, okay. So the taxi driver like took us to the bus station, which was actually on the other side of town. Like way, way, way on the other side of town. It's like the biggest bus park in the country. <laughs> <laughs> pull up and there's hundreds of buses (laughs) oh my god so we got the bus the license number from like the bus park attendant and we're wandering looking (laughs) at like and this is nipali numbers too so i was about to say that's like really testing you're like is that a six or a three okay (laughs) i think this is a nine it looks like a six which means it's a seven (laughs) so we're like wandering among all of these buses and finally we're like you know what we just got to give up we just got to leave and i was like let's just look down this one last row and we go down this row and there's the bus (laughs) and i remember that i like I shut the window, but I didn't latch it where I was sitting, which is really strange that I have this memory. So, because um, the bus was locked and there was no driver. Mm-hmm. the So my Nepali colleague was like, well, I'll just climb into the bus. and But we can't let anybody know. So we're like secretly, he's like climbing between the buses and stuff. <laughs> and he's straddling these two buses, like one foot on either side. <laughs> and he's like, oh, look, your window is open. And uh, so he opens the window and he's like, wait, he's like, can you hold these for me? And he pulls out of his pocket two baby turkeys. <laughs> and I was like, why do you have turkeys in your pocket? He was like, oh, I just picked them up on the way. And I was like, how? Like we were in the bus. <laughs> Like at through the window, somebody sold you some turkeys. So me and the taxi driver are like hiding between the buses with these like chirping baby turkeys. (laughs) Well, our Nepali colleague is like squeezing through this little bus window, and then he, of course, we see this hand reach out, and he's victorious with the money bag. And we're like sitting there with the turkeys. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a bonding experience. Oh I feel God. like me and the taxi driver should be friends now. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like baby turkeys together. Yeah, we had a moment together. It was like, this is really special. Yeah. I mean, how many other people in your life have you done that with? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Literally the only one. <laughs> oh my God. Well, congratulations, A, on finding the money, B, on holding a baby turkey. I've never done that. Yeah, Once in a lifetime experience. (laughs) Yeah, and now that turkey is in my freezer. (laughs) Actually. (laughs) We're going to eat it tomorrow. It's a happy ending. A year later, this guy called me and he was like, yeah, we had to kill the turkey, so I'm coming to your house now. And it was like a plastic bag of like, bits of turkey like he literally took a meat cleaver to the whole turkey <laughs> bones and all yeah and gave it to me in a plastic bag <laughs> like, yeah thank you so much and right? 
Yeah, that's what we're going to eat tomorrow. <laughs> Try and eat all the Want to come over, freezer. White, for dinner? <laughs> I mean, how can I not when I've heard the the whole evolution of this turkey's life? You know, it's whole life cycle. <laughs> yep. Does that make it better or worse? I don't know. Worse, but I'll still come over for dinner. <laughs> I promise I took out most of, most of the non-meat bits. Well, I think it was more the emotions than the bits. You feel attached to these turkeys now? Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of do, too. They had such a journey. They yeah. did. And their one final journey will be into our stomachs. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't think we can top that story. No. I think we might need to wrap this we up. We got to end on that high note. <laughs> yeah. Of eating, thinking of our Nepali kids. colleague like a Nepali Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> like between two buses. <laughs> Save the turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Well, Moon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Thanks for having me. It was really fun to hear all your wild stories. I just I just know there are so many more. That is true. <sighs> so many. I mean, when you live somewhere for seven years. Seven years. Seven years. It's too long. <laughs> it's time to cut it off. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, um, thanks. To you, our listeners, for listening. We really appreciate you. And especially thanks to our Patreon patrons who have so faithfully supported us through all of our crazy posting schedules. And, you know, just this year has been a wild one. So um, in case you missed it in our last episode, uh, we are going to America very soon. Uh, But we're still going to keep posting episodes and we're going to tell you all about our transition back to our home country, which sounds frankly terrifying. We'll have one episode devoted just to different pitches of us crying. <laughs> and, <Okay>. uh, <laughs> then another one of just us laughing hysterically. Yeah. Until we cry. And then until circles back. Yeah. Yeah. And then the episode just cuts off. <laughs> so look forward to that. Anyway, <laughs> you can find us on our website and Instagram and um, I don't know other places on the internet I guess yeah if you haven't drop us a review yeah totes and just send us a message we love hearing from you guys yeah you guys are awesome it really makes our day multiple days multiple days Um, oh can I tell you I think we heard from our youngest fans ever oh yeah yeah um shout out to ellie and samuel they told their dad on their road trip can we listen to big and white they're our favorites (laughs) oh so shout out to you guys thanks for listening and we love you (laughs) all right well i guess should i put the phone down yeah i think i'm ready to hang up yeah yeah Mm -hmm. we should end this would be like a conference call, I guess. <laughs> yeah, when there's or a speakerphone situation. I don't know how that works. This is like it's trying to leave a Zoom meeting. This That's is what it feels mass like. pandemonium. Okay, I'm going. Goodbye. More okay. La, la, la. Bye, Moon. Bye. La, Big okay. already hung up. I'm she going. like abandoned us a long time ago. <laughs> but we can stay here and tell a few more stories if you want. Okay. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, okay. goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Do you have a premonition that you're going to have to edit out a lot of wine glass clinking? <laughs> no, I'm going to keep it in. <laughs> Add in the wine glass clinking. <laughs> Just like, is that like a thing? I mean, I yes, that? guaranteed. That's a thing. <laughs> I'll look on GarageBand. It'll be there for sure.